Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. He's an old friend, used to come up and hang out in the studio when he was roaming uh, around Little Rock, and now he's a little ways away, but going to be a long ways away real soon. Khalil Carter joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, former Central High Tiger, former Razorback, Mule Rider, and then I could go through his professional team connections, but we would be out of showtime. Khalil, welcome. How are you? Oh, I am doing well. How you doing, Justin? Hey, it's a great day for us uh, as a Cologne Centurion family, but also me as an Arkansan, a Central High School boy, to be on the 103.7 Buzz again with you guys, man. It's a great day. How you guys doing? We're awesome. Good. The mouth of the Mid-South, ladies and gentlemen, as he was uh, lovingly coined <laughs> when he used to hang out during Twister Talk. But, uh, man, it's good to, good to catch up with you. And when I saw the story about this, we were all thinking the same thing. What exactly is the European League of Football? And tell us about the Cologne Centurions. Yeah, so uh, if everybody remembers the World League that transformed into NFL Europe. That was very successful uh, with players, not so successful for the NFL brand. They were losing a ton of money as football, soccer, is still the number one sport in Europe. So we got pretty good fans. A lot of players you know, made it from NFL Europe onto prospective NFL teams. And when that kind of went bankrupt, the Germans kept playing because every team had Germans and French and Austrians on our team in a particular capacity. Um, but, you know, they didn't get to play much, so it was mostly us guys from the NFL playing. But they continued to play football and develop football in Austria, in France, in Germany, in Japan, of course, in Mexico now. Um, and so football, American football, has taken the world by storm, and Germany is just the latest and the greatest, you know, place that football has been able to develop and now barring you know a couple of other leagues it's the fifth highest professional football league in the world so the european league of football still boasts the barcelona dragons the cologne centurions the rhine fire frankfurt galaxy hamburg sea devils and the berlin thunder from nfl europe and a few other teams that they've added in the last year or so. We've expanded to 18 teams for this upcoming season. Okay, so how much of your roster will be made up of Americans versus maybe Europeans or people from other parts of the world? Are you digging at me right now? You you on my sore spot? That's my sore spot now. <laughs> we have a roster of 65 men after training camp. 55 of them will be Germans or regional players. Wow. That means we get 10 imports. Only four can be American. And the other six have to be from European nations. Mexico, Japan, and Canada count as American nations, which is tough because there are a lot of good footballs in Canada, players in Canada especially, and we can't do that unless we, we trade places with an American, which no one thinks makes a lot of sense. But I am busy at work right now going through hundreds of highlight films trying to find those special pieces for our team. It's really tough. That's wild. So tell me about the process in New York for you to get to where you are, to get this opportunity. You've coached all over the place at different levels and obviously yeah. played just about every kind of organization there is. What was the process yeah. of getting the head coaching opportunity? Well, I think uh, I kind of got this reputation as a, as a mercenary when I was playing because I would just take one-year deals to go to another team, to go to another league, play with a big chip on my shoulder, um, and it, it drove me you know, for a long time. You know, I, I was, I'm kind of known as the walk-on that's not Brandon Burlsworth. You know, we walked on together in 94. We were really good friends. Somehow I didn't make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I finished my college uh, education, the Arkansas Twisters came to town. And, you know, I had John Jenkins, former Arkansas Razorback, 
coach, um, former Houston Cougars uh, coach, you know, great, great coach. And, you know, he kind of got me into the coaching mindset. And so I wanted to do the same thing in my career that I did with coaching, which is keep trying to elevate my game, keep learning from different coaches and organizations how winning football is played. Uh, and so, you know, I, I want to put that to my brand. And when I got ready to play for the Twisters, I took my, my cleat and, and uh, it was a medal that I had gotten, and I went to Brandon's grave. And I said, Brandon, man, I want to do this for you because he had passed. It was 2000. He had passed. And I was really sad because that was my brother. Like, he and I were very close. And uh, I, I left, you know, the medallion there. And I said, when I'm done with this thing, I'm going to bring you my cleat. And so after 10 years of playing in 13 seasons with five leagues and 11 different teams, I returned to Brandon's grave and I dropped off my cleat. I hope his parents didn't mind or think that was too big of a cleanup thing. Uh, but then I went directly into coaching. First it was an AS2 team, and then that, it was the Twisters. John Gregory, who coached Kurt Warner, was the coach at that time. I think it was 2005. Mm-hmm. I helped him through the rest of that season, became the special team coordinator and pass game coordinator the next year while I was still playing in the CFL. And John said, hey, you've got a great future. I just want you to always remember, keep your knees bent, stay flexible, because I'm kind of a, a, a results-oriented person. I want to win, win, win. And I learned a lot about that through my career. So from AF2 to the CFL, to I won a championship here in high school in, in Iowa at the 4A level, won a championship in the NCAA at Division One double level at Drake, and then I won two championships in the CFL. So I really was having a good go of it. In 12 years, I've been to six championships. Uh, I've coached nine number one defenses. I have 23 all-league players, and it made sense to me. Some people say, when are you going to get, get rid of coaching? I'm going to stop coaching when I, I'm no longer effective as a motivator and, a, a, and to inspire young men because I went through the non-traditional path, you know, and, and it, I played with the Anthony Lucases, I played with the Anthony Eubanks at the pro level, the Kevin Princes from Mississippi State, the Corey Flemings in the Arena Football League, who was a big-time guy at Tennessee. And so I finally got to the level of I felt equity in the game. Now, as a coach, I'm looking for that same equity. So uh, one of my mentors is a head coach at Hamburg, he was the defense coordinator for a long time at Bethune-Cookman, and he recommended me for the job. Five years ago, I probably would have said no, but with the opportunity to be a head coach with this emerging league, I thought it would be a good fit for my career path. I love it. We're talking to Khalil Carter on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. High energy, as you can tell, and obviously will be very engaging with his players and fellow coaches. So what what are the keys to winning over there, and, and, and what kind of guys are you getting from Germany? I mean, how, how I guess, well-versed are they in the nuances of football? Yeah, I think some of them played American football in the college. So that's a good thing. It, it all depends on what your passport says and where you began playing football. So if you started in those juniors in Germany or those 18, 16 U teams, then you're a German. But if you played in Australia and then you moved to Germany, you're still Australian, so you count as a European import. Um, they have the fundamentals as far as you know, blocking, tackling, running, catching, all those things. But it's the elite level of play that I want to instill into the Cologne Centurion franchise because last year they were 3-9. There was a lot of internal fighting about how to win football games. And I'm a laid-back guy. I'm pretty intense, but I'm a pretty laid-back guy when it comes to dealing with players. I'm player-friendly, and I think I just need to give them the nuances. For instance, Justin, did you know that rushing with your inside hand versus your left hand, your outside hand swatting, is more effective? It disarms the tackle better? Or putting your outside foot up versus your inside foot up, which traditionally does, allows you to take one less step when you're playing against zone read or you're going against a down block. These are the nuances that I want guys to understand. Playing with their eyes, feet, and their hands, running, running, running to the ball, becoming almost like a track team, 
and being a selfless team member. You may not play 70 snaps a game, but you got to make your 10, your 20, your 30. However many plays you get, you got to make it count because we're going to need every one of those 65 players in order to be successful in 2023. Cool, I can be honest. I'm 5'8". I've never rushed a passer my whole life, so I did not know those things. I appreciate the insight. If I ever get the opportunity, at least I'll have a heads up now. That's good. So when does is, when is the season run, and when are you supposed to have a roster intact? Yeah, so I'm traveling out there this Friday to go to our first workout of the season in Cologne. Um, I'm going to go back again in February for a mini camp. Our season right now is slated to run April to September based on last year's schedule. But with the expansion, it could move up or move back. So that April to September range is fairly reasonable and still intact. Um, I'm looking forward to getting started. We're, we're, we're in the process of free agency right now. It's really tough with the USFL and the XFL really having a grip on a lot of these players from America. And I want the best. I want, I want, I hate to say it, you probably know I'm going to say it. I want a player that was hungry like me, yeah. that wanted to do whatever it took, no matter if you're making $250 for the Twisters or 250000 like I did with the Bills. It doesn't matter what the price point is if you're hungry. The film is really your commodity. So if you can go put up good film anywhere, I did it in the AFC. I went to the NFL from the AFC making $250. I want to be able to show these guys that. So that six-month season is going to be a really good test for how well my defense plays, because this will be my second year running uh, my defensive team as a coordinator, and how well my leadership skills have evolved. I've been told I don't play nice with others. I don't play well with others. Many of my Razorback friends probably would echo that. I'm not really good friends with a lot of those guys because when I was there, I got bullied, I got trampled on, I got knocked down, I got kicked in the face, I got told all kinds of things and never got to play at Arkansas. A year later, I'm in – I'm in pro football. Three years later, I'm in the NFL. So coaches don't always get it right. I forgive them. But, you know, I still want to find that hunger, that desire to win, that desire to compete, and that desire to put up good films so you can have an opportunity for a future in football like I did. We know the NFL is always looking for players. It doesn't matter where they're playing. They'll try to find them. My question for you, is there a history of the NFL finding coaches over there? Well, there are quite a few guys over there of reputable names. Adam Rita, who many Americans may not know, was a longtime CFL head coach and GM. So he's been around the block. Norm Child from USC is over there. So there is a pathway, kind of a back and forth, because the NFL Europe leadership and administration people that were Germans and Europeans, they helped found this league. So the NFL is still working with this league, even though they don't have their name on it. They still are watching. I coached Kevonte Turpin with the Dallas Cowboys last spring in the fan control football league when we started that league. After that, I sent him to the spring league, and then I sent him to the USFL. Then he went to Germany, then the USFL, and me and his agent worked on getting him to the Dallas Cowboys. I I told him that I was a team that would need him. I kind of saw the C.D. Lamb dualistic punt return role and number one receiver. I also talked about Denver with, um, you know, um, their new quarterback situation and Buffalo losing Cole Beasley. So, Kevontae Turpin is a success story as a player. I'm hoping that I could be a success story, too. You know, a lot of my friends, are, my peers, are coaches in the NFL right now in Jacksonville and for the Commanders in Washington, for the New York Giants. My guy was the, the offensive coordinator for the Colts that just got a release, um, you know, special coordinator for the Falcons. A lot of my peers are doing it at that level. I know I have the acumen. I'm just trying to find a way in so that I can prove myself. No matter what level it is, from, even though I've been a head coach and a coordinator and a position coach at a high level, I'll be your scouting intern if you need me to. I just want to be able to show and prove that I can compete with the rest of my peers. Khalil, last thing here, we're going to have to let you go. Um, I want to ask, what kind of experience do you expect? I know Germany, I just heard because, you know, Brady and those guys in Tampa played over there, and they said Germany's like the most football-crazy country in all of Europe. What do you expect from a home game standpoint? What are your facilities like? Give me an idea of what you can expect. 
Yeah, my, my first trip over there on Friday, but I've been doing some research on it, and we're not the most financially progressive team, but we are growing. We've added four new shareholders, so I'm looking for improvement. I also believe that sometimes that stuff affects football, but not to the point of X and O. My job is to get those guys prepared to play on game day, not fan day, not media day. Without, With all respect to all of those mediums, I believe that football is played on game day. So we want to go to training camp and the process of working to win, doing anything it takes to be successful, and continue to find the best players over there. Cologne's been great. I've been over there when I was in NFL Europe. I was with Scotland. We got to go over to you know Cologne, Berlin, Hamburg, all those great places. And I love the atmosphere there. They do love football more than probably back in 2004 when I was there, which was Cologne's first year in NFL Europe. Mm. I'm looking for a well, a warm reception and hoping to learn a little German so I can break that language barrier because that is sometimes <laughs> an obstacle with players. But I'm looking forward to the challenge. Every challenge you got, I've been a walk-on. I've been, I've been a, 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 a rotational player. I've been on practice rosters. I'm looking forward to the opportunity. You know Khalil Carr is going to do it. Brandon Burgum, I love you, brother. I'm still at it. Listen, buddy, your uh, energy is infectious. I'm sure the people of Cologne are going to love you, and I wish you the best of luck, and we'll catch up definitely when we get a little closer to the start of the season. Absolutely. Good luck. I want to give a shout-out to my man, Clint Sterner. Clint Sterner, we got to talk. You said Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady. i got to get you, buddy. He is not. Now, I love you, Clint. Y'all be good. Thank you, J.A. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Khalil. You're one of a kind, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Y'all All right, be take good. Care. All right. Bye-bye.